3: But you can call me Raz. And I'm here to welcome you to the Xbox Unlocked podcast. The world's
0: number one Xbox podcast. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. This is episode 509 for, oh, it's the end of August. August 31st of 2021. That means we are officially heading into almost the fourth quarter, the, the the third third of the year we begin, uh, which means lots of games are going to be coming out. One of them is going to be Halo Infinite. Yes, we finally got that release date. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, an introduction to the panel. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You know me. You also know the Bammeister himself, the great Destin Laguerre. Bam!
3: Hey, everybody. That's why they call me the Bammeister.
0: <laughs> it is. Because I say exactly that word. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, that's where that came from. And then joining us, uh, I believe... My first time doing a podcast with the outstanding Taylor Lyles. Welcome Taylor.
1: Thank you for having me on again, Ryan, even though the first time I was on you were not here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> glad to yeah, glad to bridge the connection. Miranda, it was you and Miranda now. Miranda's gone, you're here. We're all friends. It's all good. And uh it's been a while, been a, a hot minute since John Ryan, the US of JR himself on Twitter has been Actually, on, I'm on Mar- I'm Miranda Sanchez. Minute surprise really? you've uh, no, it's me hi it's good to be back it's fun. it's been a while <laughs> uh good to see you John it is uh you you had the great honor of spending a lot of time with Far Cry 6 this week which I want to get your impressions on that's that's why uh that's the big reason why you're here but you know what quite frankly you and I in our what we do now I almost never get to talk to you which sucks so I'm <laughs> it's glad been a you're long here. time yeah we I haven't shown up here in a long long time I think Maybe Red Dead something or
2: other was the last time. Um, I hope it hasn't been that long. But I, I, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, I miss you. I miss everybody, Destin. I don't know why you're Emerald now, but I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> do that
0: yeah, it's...
2: who Destin might get sued. Who I, I, I got a Emerald Lagasse? Kick it up enough, baby. Do, do, doesn't ring a bell. <laughs>
0: Ah, the old head in the sand legal defense against the man. Good job, Destin. I'm sure <laughs> if that I can't see well. it. It's not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get down to business here. So, last week's show, episode 508, we did live. We streamed it live uh, right after the Xbox showcase, which is fun in the sense that we get to react. We just get to give you our immediate impressions with no planning whatsoever. But at the same point. It means we did miss the entire next day's big event with last week's show, and that was Jeff Keighley's opening night live. So I want to go through the major announcements that happened there, starting with the one that we were griping about on last week's show for not being at the Xbox showcase, and that was Halo Infinite, and we did indeed get a release date. And I want to start right there, December 8th which is later than I personally would have guessed. I thought for sure we were heading right for November 15th, which would be the 20th anniversary on the dot of not only the Xbox itself, but of Halo 1. So, uh, Taylor, I'm going to go your way first. What is your reaction to a December release for Halo Infinite?
1: Yeah, you know, I was personally shocked. I didn't imagine they were going to delay it into next year. I'm glad they didn't. Uh December seems a little late, but usually around that time I'm catching up with my backlog, <laughs> things like that. So a December launch, I'm just like, oh, this is great. Now it would have been great if they hit that November like 15th release date, just because, you know, Xbox turns 20 and things like that. But the fact that it's still launching this year is still makes me very happy with that overall but yeah it just seems a little weird but i'm curious to see how it will perform just like after that wave of november and october releases and things like that
0: yeah yeah that's a fair point i mean destin the you know generally not that we don't ever get major releases in december but uh they are fewer and farther between because the history tends to go tradition says you want to try and get your big game out in time for black friday so were you surprised at december 8th
3: I'm a little surprised that it's so late in the year but honestly it makes sense you don't want to launch in the same month as forza horizon 5 which has a huge positive buzz buzz around it and people are really excited to play it uh december is also great i don't think we need to launch every game in the september to november timeline i think launching in december could give it some breathing room and allow people to really sink their teeth into what halo is going to be bringing this fall and we're looking at the multiplayer footage right now of the the opening cinematic for the first season right uh that absolutely blew me away i'm sure we'll get to that in a second but this is going to be an ongoing game this isn't going to be something where you just play through the campaign and finish it clearly they put a lot of time and effort into developing the story of what the multiplayer experience is going to be and i'm here for that that's awesome
0: John Ryan, uh, there are a number of first-person shooters this fall, Far Cry 6, which we'll talk about soon being among them. How about you? Uh, uh, We finish with you here. December 8th, surprised or no at at such a a fairly late release date in the year? A a little bit surprised, but honestly, I think Destin hit the nail right on the head is
2: is that with Far Cry and Call of Duty and Battlefield all kind of hitting the more traditional fall window, um, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to kind of want to take a little bit of breathing room, especially since they also do, as you mentioned, have Forts happening uh, in November as well. Um, So I think that does make a lot of sense. I think there's, you know, folks who want to sort of fall on the more pessimistic side of the fence could say that like maybe it's December because it could have been delayed and then they just chose not to uh, given the, uh, the fact that it is a, a big anniversary year for the Xbox, um, but I think that it's much more likely that they're just trying to sort of avoid having to go up against a bunch of other heavy-hitting competitive first-person shooters.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you too. I, I feel like that's almost certainly the reason, although it's, I mean, it it is, I think, it's not unfair for people in the community to be a little nervous about the December release date in the sense that, uh, it's already been delayed over a year, and the fact that they're just squeezing it in at the very end of 2021 does still kind of leave the door open for well, is it? You know, is this thing still going to land really, really hot? Hopefully not. We won't know, of course, until we get it. Uh, but at least this will be something to look forward to after we come back from our Thanksgiving holiday and get that get that holiday stretch going. Now, uh, as I sort of teased at the top. We, we, we were crowing on and on last week about why was this like if we said if this is going to be at opening night live tomorrow at the time we said tomorrow. Why isn't there some sort of teaser like, hey, stay tuned tomorrow to opening night live for more on Halo Infinite. Uh, and sure enough, that is what happened. We did get it at opening night live, but there was no teaser and, and it left the community. Pretty frustra- uh, frustrated and and annoyed, I would say, for for that twenty four hour period, which I feel like is totally avoidable. Now, uh, Joseph Staten, the director of Halo Infinite, did address this in a Friday blog post at the, the end of the week after all this about why there was no campaign specifically uh, featured at Opening Night Live, and he said we're at a critical phase in the flight, and he he was making so if you if you don't know anything about Joseph Staten, he's uh, he's a big time aviation fan. Like he flies planes in his in his spare time, like he loves it. So he was making an extended flight reference here about about uh, Halo Infinite being a plane that they're trying to land. And he says, we're at a critical phase in the flight that is Halo Infinite. So it's extremely important to avoid distractions and stay focused on mission critical tasks only. For campaign, that means putting maximum effort into ensuring the wide-open, adventure-filled experience you all get to play on December 8th is as great as it can possibly be. And gameplay demos and trailers not only take a huge amount of effort to do well, they also take cycles away from bugs and other shutdown tasks, meaning like sort of things they have to do to shut down the development on the project and get it out the door, so... I mean, that does make perfect sense, and I'm glad to see Joseph address it. and uh, and it's just I'm just so happy that we finally have a date. I mean that's it's been kind of the the uh, the just elephant in the room for months uh, in the Xbox community now when we got went from fall to, well, when in the fall? Okay, December eighth. Now, uh, that also lets us look forward to the special edition things that are coming alongside. Halo, and I want to go back to Taylor first here, being one of our hardware editors. Taylor, you're probably, I'm guessing, were not surprised by a limited edition controller, but what did you think of that limited edition Halo Infinite Xbox Elite Version 2 controller? Well,
1: I was drooling. Literally, like figuratively speaking, but was I was literally pretty, pretty drilling beautiful. over it. Beautiful, yeah. I was, <laughs> <they> were... <laughs> yeah I mean, it was it was stunning. I was not surprised that they were going to do some type of Halo themed hardware. I mean, they've done it for the previous generations of Xbox. If they didn't do it for this generation, it would have felt so weird. I have the the first generation of the Elite controller, but I keep going back and forth whether or not I want to buy this one just because it's Halo themed and it looks beautiful and it gives me an excuse to buy another Elite controller even though I don't really need it, but I can use that as an excuse to do a mouse and controller kind of combo when I'm playing Halo Infinite on PC, so... We'll see. I keep going back and forth. If, if enough people in the comments enable me to buy it, I'll buy it.
0: <laughs> oh, so you're just, you really, you want to buy it. You're just looking for for permission from it's, the listeners at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Need We've a all push. done that before. <laughs> uh, now, Destin, I don't know if you're drooling, you said you're drooling over the controller. What about the limited edition Series X Halo Special Edition console?
3: I like the console. I like the controller. They look great. I'm good with my Series X that I have, though. Like, I I don't need more controllers. I don't need more Xboxes. But I absolutely understand, like, if you don't have one and you see that console, you see that controller, they are great. And they sold out like that. Like, they hit the market and it was like, it's just, well, that's it. And it's gone. gone." Like the South Park meme. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And that's sort of been uh, the case with... All of these console review anytime there's more stock of consoles, they're just gone for any console. It's it's a tough time <laughs> if you want to get into the Xbox Series X side of things.
2: Yeah, it was hard enough to get them initially, but now <laughs> that they've put the fancy Halo one out, it's just I think I saw one that night for like nine hundred or eleven hundred dollars or something like that on, on email was, in eBay. It was it was absolutely wild. Um, but that said, I I get it. I want it. I want I have uh series x i've got the g1 elite controller which i love i'm not even the biggest i know this is gonna i might get burned at the stake here i'm not even the biggest (laughs) halo fan but like that's a really pretty set it's real nice looking yeah
0: yeah they did a great job on it i i i will say and i was i was surprised by the console when when so they on the broadcast if you didn't see it they aired, they showed the controller first. Like, oh, hey, okay. It's like, oh, great. Limited edition Halo controller. Makes perfect sense. They just announced one for Forza Horizon 5 yesterday, which when Cam was here for that episode last week, he was drooling over that. Uh, I, I would expect if we messaged him right now, he's probably got a pre-order in for the Halo Infinite controller as well because <laughs> he loves his custom controllers. But I just did not think with the stock situation on these on the hardware being what it is, that Microsoft would allocate any of that to doing a special edition console. But, you know, these things happen months and months in advance. These are not knee-jerk decisions made quickly. They're planned out a long time uh, out. So I hope, you know, it's still, if if somebody wants a a Series X, as many people are still trying to get their hands on one, uh, I suspect that if they can only find the Halo one, for instance, that they're not exactly going to be disappointed to get the Halo one versus just the regular, the regular black vanilla one uh, there. But but yeah, I just did not expect they would do one. So that is that is next gen's first special console. Then Sony hasn't done any yet. Uh, there haven't been any Series S special editions. This is the first one, um, and I'll be curious to see you know if, if Microsoft does one of these a year, like. I'd be pretty surprised. Destin, you gotta figure the odds are good, especially after the Bethesda acquisitions, Starfield being a new IP, there's gonna be a Starfield console next fall, right?
3: You mean the Xbox exclusive Starfield that's launching on all <laughs> Xbox <laughs> platforms and PC? Yeah. <laughs> Just clarifying, by the way, that Starfield's oh Xbox goodness. exclusive, in case nobody knew that yet. But uh yeah, sorry, what?
1: I said, so you're, you're, you're saying there's like no chance it's going to come to OUYA, like not even slip <laughs> chance.
3: No, not happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I think they'll do it for Starfield. I think further down the line, they'll do it for Elder Scrolls. I think they're going to do it for big temple releases. Ryan, I actually wanted to comment on something you said earlier, though. You said people were sort of concerned about the December 8th release. Did we ever even hit on the fact that Co-op and Forge are going to be delayed? I think with all the events, we haven't even had that conversation.
0: That's right. That happened. Did that happen after after we recorded last week or... Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, I believe it's as good a time as any while we're talking about Halo. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Destin, please.
3: Yeah. So like the December 8th might be part of it. But the fact that it's that late and with the delay of co-op and forwards, them having to make that decision uh, for me, co-op is like fundamental to the Halo experience. And being, a, being able to have that option of playing with your friends is like one of the things that I remember most about Halo 3. And I know there's a lot of people in the community who echo that sentiment. So for them to have co-op and Fords drop so far down on the priority list, I already know that I knew this would happen. Opening Night Live happens. They have a great new trailer for the console and controller. They have a great new trailer for Halo Infinite Multiplayer. But I didn't forget that they had to delay this, this crucial item which means that they're working on other stuff that took priority so that these two items were delayed. Now the co-op is delayed three months and forge is delayed six months. I'd love to hear from you, Ryan and the rest of the panel. Do you feel like this is a little bit of a red flag or how, how what was your reaction?
0: Definite disappointment. I mean, I think that's totally fair, right? Again, like I was talking about earlier, it's already been a year plus of delay. And so, mm-hmm. for then to to for these two uh, significant components, I mean, you know, some people out there won't care at all about Forge or about campaign co-op. And as you said, Destin, some people care a whole lot about yeah. campaign co-op, and there's certainly a very strong Forge community out there as well. That's no doubt uh, disappointed by this. So, yeah, it is disappointing. At the same point, making games as. Uh, even from my limited viewpoint here in the media is absurdly difficult, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I I think, and I don't mean any disrespect to the forge community. I think the forge bit overall hurts a lot less than the campaign co-op delay does because you, you nailed it, Destin. There are so many people where every mainline Halo game, they, the, the night they get it, they sit down with, you know, a spouse, uh, a partner, a a sibling, a friend, and they co- and their first experience in that campaign is a co op run. So I'm really bummed for those people who have well, that just tradition and history with somebody they care about with Halo that that uh, they either have to not have and just play play a campaign or wait until sometime in 2022 for that campaign to drop.
3: And we're those people, Ryan. I was totally going to push you off the ring in co-op. We joked about
0: it on the show. (laughs) And now
3: I can't do it. That's a bit of a bummer.
0: This week's podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events Unlocked without the E. That's NORDVPN.com slash UNLOCKD. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Are you a co-op person first? Like, is your first run typically a co-op run or a single-player run?
1: It's usually a single-player run, although I do tend to do co-op, mostly after I beat it first, like the first time, just like experience the story, just solo, all that. But, you know, as you were saying too, Ryan, you know, uh, they're making this game during a pandemic. It's already been delayed over a year. It was supposed to be a launch title for the Series X and the Series S. And the fact that it's still coming out this year with everything that's been going on with just the world and the current events and stuff i am i'm happy but i'm also sad but if it meant that we would get the complete package and have to wait into next year i think i would have been a little bit more frustrated at that but i'm still happy that they're gonna launch the campaign we're still gonna get multiplayer which is two things that i care most about when i play halo games yeah, the co-op is a bit of a hit because I usually play with a lot of my friends since a lot of them don't live in the, uh, the same area as me anymore, so it's a good way to just connect and just kind of, you know, cool down and relax and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if it comes to things like tough decisions like this are being made, and I would have rather they did this. I'm glad they did this because I did not want this game to get delayed again because I would have just been really frustrated. I would have been even more concerned. I been like, oh no, oh no, what's going to happen with this game's overall quality and things like that? But you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm still happy that they made this decision. Uh, I, I don't know; I've never developed a game, but I can imagine they didn't want to do this. But when you're making a game during a pandemic, it's not exactly a cakewalk, especially when there's not a pandemic. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it sounds like I think what you're what you're kind of advocating for, and it makes sense, is they chose the lesser of the evils in that that were available to them, right? Where it's like, okay, well, we could push the whole thing, and then people get even more frust like everyone gets frustrated, not just campaign co-op fans and forge the forge community. Now, uh, John Ryan, there, the, I, you know, I did see an argument put, not an argument, but a, a, a thought put forth in the community. Well, why not just put the free to play multiplayer out this fall and then release the entire campaign and forge package in spring of 2022 when that's ready? Would that, do you feel like that would have made more sense, less sense? I feel like, I mean, I think
2: both, <laughs> honestly. Because, um, look, I think that, uh, you know, Taylor is absolutely right in that, like, personally, I, th- I think that a console launch window uh, release date was a little bit charitable, even if the pandemic hadn't happened. Um, I think that there's a good chance we might have actually seen a delay into early 2021 if everything hadn't kind of fallen apart in 2020. Um and so, you know, it, it definitely is that idea of, of it's the lesser of two evils of saying, like, everything has to wait except for this, like, one vertical chunk that we've got uh, ready, which would be the, you know, the multiplayer component. Um, and I think, you know, there are definitely folks like I wouldn't mind if they did multiplayer first to, like, kind of like, give folks a taste of, like, how it handles now and, like, yeah. what the new multiplayer in the long run is going to look like. Um, but I also can... Definitely understand like Microsoft wanting to, you know, reward the loyalty of longtime series fans by not putting, not having the first thing that is, you know, new Halo in a long time come out to be free to play multiplayer. Because I think that that could easily disappoint a lot of people in the community.
3: I, I wanted to say one more thing really quick, Ryan. And you know, it's great hearing from the whole panel. The reason, the reason this is concerning to me, and. I'm excited about Halo. I've been saying how I have a lot of confidence in what 343 is going to deliver. And this is the first time it's given me pause because there are at least two instances when they said the game would launch with co-op, one of which was from Chris, who left the team and now Staten's in that position. So Staten came in a few months after they said co-op would be there at launch. Staten comes in and he's like, no. So for me, that's a red flag. If somebody has to come in who wasn't quite involved with the project at the level of the the previous person and recognizes issues, it makes me nervous about the status of the project, the status, the the type of game that we're going to get at launch. I'm still excited about it. I'm still looking forward to it, but for them to say twice that it will launch with it, and then this close to launch delay it, they got ahead of that, that note because they knew they had good stuff coming from opening night live, but I, I'm just more cautious about the release now. And that's
2: it. it, I don't want to be that way. It's just how my brain works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To, to be fair, I think that that is a healthy dose of skepticism that we should all have for every game launch. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in the wake of cyberpunk (laughs) being, being a games fan is what it is now. And like, I think that having that sort of thousand yard view of, of sort of what the process has looked like up till now saying like, okay, well, maybe the December 8th release date isn't just to avoid competition even though I do think that it is a big part of it um, mm-hmm. but you know if if the reason that they're saying we aren't we didn't do anything for the campaign at opening Night live or, or last week is because it takes away time that we could be fixing stuff that too that that's lot that's a that's a lot of emphasis being put on like we really want to make it as good as we can mm-hmm but also like there, there kind of feels like there's like heading they, into the final months before launch.
3: Like, yeah. And that that's, that's what I exactly what you're saying is what I'm picking up. So they're like, Hey, we didn't have time to do a campaign trailer. We had to delay co-op three months. We had to delay Ford's three months. And for me, I'm like, is everything okay? Because that th- those three things compounded make me a little nervous. Is all is that's all I'm trying to convey. Yeah. I well, hope I think- it launches. I hope it's flawless and it's an awesome campaign. Like obviously that's what I want. I'm just saying. I'm like this is the first time where it's just like okay, guys, you're making me a little nervous about yeah. Halo. Well, I think
2: it's that it's that issue of that we that we see a lot of these days, especially in this last year or so, where the dev team really wants to make sure that they ship a as close to flawless product as they can. But also, like it, the console's been out for a year, and we haven't really seen a major, major exclusive for it yet. And it's that balance of say, the business end of things being like, okay, well, we gotta, we gotta put something out there. It's got, it's got to have something. Yeah, with you know them kind of wanting to settle expectations and, and kind of take the time to do stuff right, even though that might not always line that. That Venn diagram isn't necessarily a circle.
0: Yeah, I guess my last remaining my big concern about the December 8th date and and everything you're all saying is because, um, you know, the, the, that notion of that, that people have put out of, well, you know, why not just put that multiplayer out, have that be the focus. It's free to play, build a community and then drop the completed polished campaign with co-op with Forge in, you know, early 2022. And I, I worry a little bit that this is as far as they can push, but that but that uh, with all the money they've spent on developing Halo Infinite, that, that there's a fiscal aspect here of word came down from on high that like, okay, we've given it a year plus for fiscal expectations. We have to realize revenue from this thing in this quarter, which, you know, will end December 31st, which the multiplayer wouldn't really do because it's free to play. And so that's that's my only kind of remaining point of of worry that oh they're still kind of just squeaking this campaign out in a bare bones form to make this fiscal you know deadline and again i fully recognize that is 100 percent 100 speculation on my part i don't know if that's how it works but i you know we've we've heard of that being the case in other with other publishers at other times where we hear that oh yeah this game is going to be out here for this because that's when it's fiscally expected for shareholders and earnings and all that stuff so um the we won't know till we play this thing and we don't know when that's going to be i expect we will get a chance to play halo infinite and there's almost certainly going to be a round of previews before this thing there's no way they're just going to drop it completely without (laughs) anyone without letting anybody play it first
2: surprise it's out tomorrow
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Well, that. Well, that they'll do be... another
3: multiplayer flight. They've already confirmed that. Big team right, yeah. is going to be part of that. And right. Yeah. One of the other things we didn't cover off on while I'm talking about multiplayer is how XP is going to work. It's not by match. It's by doing the 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 challenges. That's the only way you're going to earn XP for the game. So. Damn it. Yeah.
2: Lots of halo I'm, stuff I'm, this I'm week. That's just cotton in my head. Sorry. So. <laughs> that's a bummer for me.
0: Well, you've got bots though, Jr. You don't have to. You can just. You can just train with the bots. <laughs> PVP kills three lifetime bot kills 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, but that's, Hey, I've been wanting to see bots in halo since halo two. And I'm glad they're finally putting them in because, you know, yep. you don't always want to go online, you don't, and you, maybe you do want to practice, even though, you know, you're going to like, you're going to fail during that practice. You're trying some sort of new aiming technique or whatever it is. So, uh, I love seeing the bots in there. And so I, I was on vacation for the entirety of the first flight. So, I'm, I am I still haven't played Halo Infinite in any form yet, so I'm looking forward to that second flight. All right, uh, let's move on to our next topic. Wow, that was almost half an hour of Halo. It's good stuff. Good thing that's the headline of the show, so Big everybody knows to expect. Uh, John Ryan, I know you are a fellow Saints Row fan over a long period of time. Uh, let me ask you before I, I do this story... Are, what which is your favorite Saints Row? Um, it's most likely either two or three. Oh, I'm so. I'm
2: somewhat in the not tiny minority, but I like Saints Row two the best. I think it's okay. a great balance of like yes, it's sort of a GTA clone, but also it's like a really wacky, customizable, like zany adventure yes. with like that was where uh, insurance fraud first got introduced. Um, the mini game where you drive a septic truck around and yep. spray sewage and all over town, which yep. they yep. subsequently was removed from man, every other game. You could do that. It was, yeah, as I
0: recall. Yeah, yep. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I like Saints for Two the best. Three is great, uh, and Four and Gat have their moments, but like Two is Two will forever be mine Saints Row. Well,
0: you are you are by no means alone. I think from what I see in the community, anecdotally, it's. Pretty much half and half between two and three. I, uh, there's really nobody in the four or GAT camp and nobody's really in the one camp, even though one was a good game. Well, was uh, it? we have... <laughs> eh, <laughs> was it? In 2006, <laughs> it was a good game. I'm sure it would not seem great today. Keith David was there. It, for... it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reviewed the original for OXM back in the day. Uh, actually, I reviewed all first the first three of them. Uh, anyway, there's a reboot. That's You may have heard about that. And uh, it has not gone well so far. Uh, it's is one of the more le- less liked
2: announcements, which is it, weird, right? Like, can, I'm just going to say this: I think this is weird.
0: Like, well, I y- I get. Yeah, that go ahead. Not- j- take over here, so Jr. I- yeah, give us, give us, give the audience the background here. I'm I'm doing a lot of talking.
2: Well, no, it's you know, I I don't necessarily because there's been. Uh, a, apparently a lot of community backlash with folks being like unhappy about what they've seen in Saints Row, the reboot so far. And like, first off, we've seen barely anything. Second of all, I don't know, like it's a reboot. So I don't know what you were expecting or feel justified to be mad about. Like if if the problem is that like we're seeing a game that doesn't seem to have, you know, Johnny Gat and sort of the other saints that we're used to having in, in stuff like, you know, okay, fine. But if it, if it's just like, Oh, I don't like a Vegas setting. Like, okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the, 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 basic gist here is, as you, you all may have seen on, on the opening night live showcase, this was actually the thing that kicked off the show. The saints row reboot was announced. And even prior to that, uh, Volition, the developer, Deep Silver, the publisher, made it very clear that there was going to be a Saints Row reboot announcement. So everyone was, nobody was surprised that there that there was a Saints Row reboot. That rather than say a Saints Row Five, but uh, there was a cinematic trailer. Which, if you're watching us on video, you're seeing that now. And the community reaction to this was uh, not good. The the down votes were flying fast everywhere. Uh, I looked on IGN, on our YouTube channel, I looked on one of our competitors' channels, and I looked on the official Saints Row YouTube channel. All (laughs) just massive downvotes, a lot of not kind words being said about this. Again, based off of this cinematic non-gameplay trailer, uh, which... Uh, I can say so. I also i I put up a preview of of this. I got to see it, uh, like actual gameplay, and my takeaway, which I wrote about on IGN, is that uh, it seems to me to be more kind of going back to the Saints Row Three tone, where it's still zany, it's still over the top, but grounded. Uh, so JR, I'm not sure if that's quite going to work for you, being yeah the SR2's that your sounds favorite. great. I mean, yeah, well, no so that, superpowers. That, that combination also, yes. of
2: zany and grounded, like that to me feels like Saints Row 2. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and it's, it's I, I don't know what you saw in your demo specifically, but like the thing I think that like th- what separates 2 and 3 for me is sort of the attitude of it. Right. Where like 3 is very much like, there's an awesome button. And like if that's the energy that they're bringing to it, cool. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Like that'll still be super fun. Like the gameplay demo that they showed off, I think the day after opening night live. Yeah. Um, like that looked solid. That looked like good arcadey open world exploding fest. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I was pretty surprised. See Again, having had the privilege of, I saw the trailer ahead of time and I saw the game ahead of time. I was not expecting a, a mass downvote wave to happen to this game, uh, and because I, I again, I think it, the trailer, even though there's no gameplay in it, I thought it clearly conveyed this is you know a Saints Row three kind of tone. Uh, but but when the downvotes started happening, the uh, the reaction of the development team, or at least whoever's running the social media account. Maybe not the greatest. It's, it had to have been a tough week for the entire Saints Row team last week because IGN, actually, we, we did a story on this. We, we were keeping an eye on it. The official Saints Row Twitter account has been responding to numerous critical messages since the reveal of the reboot, replying to a user who said that they felt, quote, like I wasted my time defending you guys, which, I mean, okay, that's going to get into a... We're going to leave that alone, but <laughs> the account... The Saints Row Twitter account replies back saying, we are not backing down on this game. We get it. It's new and it's a shock reaction to a reboot like no other. All right, that's uh, tame enough. But then they they kept replying to more and more people uh, countering numerous disappointed fans. And <laughs> like one of them was, so, so, you know, a lot A common refrain here, which I, I don't get at all of, oh, it looks like Fortnite. Like, it looks like Saints Row has always looked, if you ask me. But the volition, the, the, the Twitter account replies back and says, we don't think you know what Fortnite looks like, but you do you. And that's, let me go to Destin here. Getting defensive with your fans is really never going to end well.
3: Yeah, so I don't know. My personal reaction to the whole thing was that I got insomniac vibes from how the trailer was constructed. But I also think that if the community is reacting this negatively, then this launch trailer just missed the mark with such a such a wide amount of people that they should take. They should listen to that. And maybe like Ryan, you said did you get a demo of this yet or anything? I did.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, again, so I like, wrote about it on IGN. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So like maybe they need to show that like this didn't work. It didn't resonate with the community the way that they hoped. If they really believe in it, and based on, you know, your response to having played it, not maybe they need to show that. It. I saw it. Sorry, I saw sorry. It right. Well, see, see it in action. Show yeah. that. Show what's the gameplay going to be like. Like, show the fans who are concerned about one of their favorite games of all time. It's it's honestly a good problem to have, uh, hopefully, because, <laughs> well, people care enough, people care enough to be mad about your reveal, right? Yeah. They haven't showed gameplay yet. Is gameplay more what those fans are expecting? Then you probably need to come forward and show that.
0: I mean, I think you do make a good point. You're reminding me the, of, remember Agents of Mayhem and how just like nobody reacted to that. That was like, that game was like, a fart in the wind. It just, mm-hmm. it just was, uh, it was here and it was gone. Whereas and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, it, it, that game was, yeah. Oh, was I
2: reviewed it. It was fine. Mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was a, it had some cool ideas about like doing a G.I. Joe game.
0: Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that it, it existed. <laughs> I believe, wasn't it originally supposed to be? Yeah. But it was set in the Saints Row universe, I think, is what they it, ended up doing. Is that sort right?
2: Sort of. It, so this is making a short <laughs> bit way too long. But uh, Agents of Mayhem was originally, I think, intended to be a Saints Row, like, five quill, But then the way when they kept reworking it into, like, the three-character system and, like, the Mayhem versus Legion stuff, like, they just said, you know what, this is going to be in, like a Saints Row multiverse. Cause like yeah. there were characters, like Johnny gets a character in it, but it's not Johnny get from the Saints Row games. Like he's a cop now, which is like, <laughs> it was, it was very off tone, but huh, it's fine. It's fine. Well, That's anyway. not what we're arguing about here. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, all, all, go ahead, Destin.
3: All I'm really saying is a response this strong. Um, They've said they're not backing down from the vision of the game. So if they believe in it, maybe they need to show gameplay because fans are concerned that their favorite franchise is veering, too far from what they love about it, so if they don't believe that that's the case, then maybe they need to sort of abate some of those concerns. But uh yeah, not looking good based on the reveal trailer. Yeah, I mean, no, I guess. The,
0: go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, please.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, like, I think ultimately, like, I don't think we've seen enough of this game, like, in terms of like the trailer and even the gameplay that they've shown off. Like, I, yeah. I genuinely don't see what people are upset about unless it's the kind of that people are, oh, I'm sorry, stuff uh, that people always and unnecessarily end up getting upset about, which is that it just doesn't look like the game that they played five, 10 years ago. And yeah, that's just, t- like, the time marches forward and so do games. Like, they look differently because it's a different time they're being made in for a di- for a larger and different audience. And, you know, in terms of, like, style, like, this feel- looks and feels like a Saints Row Game to me, it's you know, the only question is like why are people actively getting upset about it?
0: Taylor, and- I'm curious your take on not just the community's reaction, but also the developers' reaction and and the idea. I mean, it it's tough to like the old saying is, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Is this gonna be a tough hole? Regardless of how it goes from here, whether they show gameplay tomorrow or what, is it gonna be a tough road from here for uh, for this game? In the, in the sort of community messaging department?
1: It's definitely not a good first impression. I, I know it's not exactly what everybody wants, but you know, with reboots, you know, you can't expect it to be exactly a carbon copy of what it was you played years ago. I mean, if that's the case, just play the original game. You know, this developer is taking risks. It's doing its own thing people should applaud it for that. And if you don't like it, don't play it. But they definitely should see some gameplay. I do not agree with how the whoever was running that social media account on Twitter was reacting to some of the backlash it got. I it, I understand like frustration and all that, but there's a level of professionalism and just kind of, you know, letting your work speak for itself. Getting this overly defensive does not help your case, especially when your trailer has already been polarizing during its reveal. So agreeing with Destin, the best case for them to go moving forward is to show some gameplay, show the players that love Saints Row what this game's gonna be like, because clearly the reveal trailer was not what they were hoping for. So the next best course is to show the gameplay, show them, "Hmm, okay, this is what I'll expect, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, tough, tough week for the PR person on the, on the Saints Row reboot. Certainly, I'm sure not what they envisioned, um, but yeah, I will say, and I mentioned this in my preview. At the very least, I can tell you that insurance fraud is back. So they are, they did not get rid of it because I agree, insurance fraud is always the best mode in Saints Row, the best activity. So that's uh, what matters we'll most, really. It is. I mean, it that right J- it never gets old in in all in every saints row game so my my secret hope for any
2: any game coming out from what used to be volition is that we'll eventually see the red faction destruction get kind of co-opted into it oh uh, yeah and i really like i feel like saints row is the franchise for that if they're not going to give us a red faction reboot and like it will either that or just cause but that's not a volition series but the point is like when you have modes that like you know work, like just show off, show show that stuff off, you know. Show right. us insurance fraud. Show us um, the really wild uh, car explosion chains that you can put together. You know, one of the things in two that I thought was like um, not revolutionary, but like cool for the time was like you could explode like subway cars and they would like derail and stuff, and like show us like how you're making the world wackier or like
0: yeah. you know that that kind of destruction more intense. So. Well, their their path to uh, trying to win their fans back over is going to be a short one, for better or for worse. Because barring any delays, because you know, making games is tough, especially in this environment. But they have they've come right out with this announcement and said that the game will be out February twenty fifth of twenty twenty two. So that's just several months away. That is uh, not too far. I mean, if they're going to hit that release date, that for all intents and purposes means the game is almost done like in the heading into the final phase of, of polish and, and uh, bug hunting here. So we'll keep an eye on this one, but uh, yeah, saints uh, one of the crazier announcements and reactions to a, a major game announcements that name announcement that I can recall in quite some time. Uh, we're going to keep right on rolling, even though it's already been 40 minutes. I thought, uh, I thought we would, <laughs> we'd move the show along quicker, but we've, it, these have been great discussions on these major games and announcements. So, Let's get to the next one, and that is Marvel's Midnight Sons. JR, I'm going to go to you first. You're a big D&D guy, big RPG guy. This is a new tactical RPG from Firaxis. So this is not just like, you know, you might, like, on the surface, if you just saw the key art and the name, you might think, oh, is this just some, like, dumb mobile Marvel cash-in game? No, it's Firaxis, the developers of XCOM and Civilization, making a tactical RPG with the full Marvel license.
2: We're not looking at dark crystal age of resistance or whatever (laughs) the, the XCOM dark crystal Muppet game, um, which I had high hopes for, but it was a bummer. Um, yeah, I, you know, I really love a good tactical like sort of RPG setup. I, I turn based tactics games are, are something I've only really recently gotten into thanks in part a lot to tabletop gaming. Um, and yeah, I think this just absolutely looks great. And it's going to be super interesting to see how such a unique cast of Marvel heroes gets, how those like abilities and those stories from the comics get translated into that sort of turn-based, like very, very highly focused on action economy uh, system that you that we can expect from, you know, teams like uh, Firaxis.
0: Taylor, are you, uh, you excited for this one? This one's not too far away, too. They're saying March on this.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. I really enjoyed XCOM 2. That was actually the first uh, game from Paraxis that I played. And everyone tells me I should try out Civilization. I might give this a try uh, once I give this a shot. But I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know, I think that this is probably one of the genres that makes the most sense to me for a Marvel game. But we'll, we'll see. But the developer that's working behind it, they have a good track record. I have faith. I'm really excited to see just the final product of this, but that trailer, it had me hyped.
0: Destin, uh, you dig in that, that Metallica cover to, to accompany this announcement trailer?
3: Hell yeah, I am, and this game looks awesome. We actually have a, a developer interview that I ended up, ended up having to cut from Gamescom 2021. Uh, they, they talk about gameplay and how gameplay is going to work, and it, it's not going to be like, XCOM, quite it's going to be a little bit different so don't expect like hit percentage 100 and then you still manage to miss or anything like that right Right. so uh definitely check out that interview i'm really really excited about this uh seeing how excited the team is seeing how they like the characters that they chose are really cool like i don't know that much about magic and i don't know that much about the other the other Female lead. This is a uh, Robbie okay, Reyes, yeah. Ghost Rider, who's like a cool take on the Ghost Rider. Uh, I get to learn more about how the Marvel Universe has advanced and more about the the Midnight Suns S-O-N S in the comic book series versus S U N S and what that story it's about fighting magical things, so demons basically. Yeah. And I'm I'm really, really stoked to just learn more about what is going on in this story. And I already love Foraxis games, so Let's go. Let's see what what they got in March. I'm stoked. Yeah, can I we? Say, I am bummed.
0: We go ahead. Get the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe an unlockable <laughs> skin in the game somewhere. Yeah, right? maybe you can it unlock is. it. Yeah. Uh, can we stop and for for a second and talk too about the approach that Marvel is now taking to their video games? Because they are they're doing something that worked amazingly well for Lucas back in the original Xbox days which is instead of tying themselves to one publisher which they had been doing prior to the Disney acquisition where they just that is Activision gave them a giant pile of money and said let us make Marvel games and they said sure we'll take your pile of money that sounds amazing and yes we got very good games in there like uh, like X-Men Legends etc cetera, etc cetera. well Wolverine from Raven but now Marvel is piecemealing out the license uh, which I think is fantastic so they've got uh, there's there's Midnight Suns here with Firaxis. Um, and now I'm blanking on I mean we had the Iron Man VR game uh, that was pretty good for PSVR and I feel like there, I, I feel like I'm blanking Spider-Man. on a couple but uh, yeah I'm throw it to the open panel here I love this approach of of just finding the right developer and giving the license on to to marvel on an individual basis for this
1: yeah no i agree i you know i i always get a little disappointed when i see you know someone kind of having a control over one license and they can only make games within that house of developers and things like that you know i like this approach a lot i think it's important to see what other developers and what kind of takes they have and what kind of like ways they want to explore Marvel in a video game format, you know, I it's, you know, it's important to have a bunch of different genres and different experimentations and letting developers kind of create their own vision with this license, because it's a really popular license. And, you know, it it could just be easy to just give it to whoever's the highest bidder. But I love this approach a lot. And I hope they stick with this in the long term.
0: I'm I, and I remembered the big one. I was forgetting, of course, which is Spider Man. Duh, being uh, being the quintessential example of finding the right developer for a uh, for a Marvel owned property. Um, Destin, any thoughts on Marvel? Any, anybody you want to see like Marvel go connect with an individual developer? Now that the like that seems to be the strategy.
3: Well, Raven's on COD support, but man, X-Men Origins Wolverine was such a good, good game with the healing regeneration stuff. It's it's probably one of my favorite comic book games of all time. Growing up, uh, I would play like X-Men on the Genesis, which in the mojo level, you had to actually hit the, the physical reset button to continue the game. So The first time <laughs> I got there, I just left it on for like a night because I was so scared to hit that reset button. You hit it and like it. It it pushed the envelope, but there were so many bad games and we live in an era where we have, you know, Insomniac Spider-Man. We have Firaxis working on a Marvel IP. It's, it's just like an excellent time to be a comic fan. Who's also into yes. video games. I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Well said, well said. Uh, so those were kind of the major highlight announcements. You can check out IGN if you need the full recap of opening night live. I will mention too, just separately, but related When we talked last week in our live reaction show about the missing 2021 exclusives from from Microsoft or Xbox, one of those games, Destin, was Crossfire X, which, uh, with no fanfare, the next day, (laughs) a random new multiplayer trailer just appeared on the Xbox channel. So... Not to beat the dead horse here but why wasn't that in the showcase? I don't understand. Yeah,
3: you know what else happened? Starfield revealed 3 no, new locations yeah, that too. and uh, uh, Bright Memory Infinite also reconfirmed their 2021 release date. So it's just like what what are you guys doing? Why why aren't you having these in the Xbox event? There is so much that could have been covered off on on that event like they they did the the Halo blog post a few days after Talking about why there isn't going to be a campaign trailer, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they thought that was too negative for the showcase. But yeah, Crossfire X revealed uh, a bunch of maps that are coming back, like a uh, transport ship, Black Widow, GR Tower, Laboratory, Invasion, Submarine, Babylon Lab, and Babylon. They talked about the the Boogeyman, how that's going to work, and they've been releasing tons of art all after. And then Bright Memory Infinite releases a, a whole video showcasing its ray tracing capabilities with uh, art, RTX. Uh, or nvidia cards and i'm just like where was this <laughs> it's so I mean, like weird i
2: wanted to focus on stuff that was not just pc centric you know unless because well, memory is, infinite's
3: coming to console and so is crossfire all, well, that's x. what i'm saying but like yeah. you know
2: you like there are there's like ray tracing capabilities on series x but like if you're like that feels like it's a it's a package much more designed to be catered to PC audiences
3: yeah well the the trailer was uh, 30 seconds of that and then 30 seconds of new gameplay so I mean like could have at least given us
2: that 30 seconds of gameplay at least the reconfirmation about
3: 2021
2: yeah yeah well yeah Yeah. Xbox you make a good point that Xbox is PC but like still trying to push consoles (laughs) Well, they yeah. don't really
3: need to. Consoles are but, sold out. Xbox is pushing the ecosystem these days. At yeah. least that's what yeah. I see their strategy as, you know. They don't care so. where you play. X. Guess what? Xbox makes <laughs> the same $60 if you buy it on their yeah. their PC platform versus their Xbox platform. They don't yep. care. They just want you to have a good gaming experience, right?
0: Yeah. Well, we'll put... That's, that's the last of the showcase <laughs> stuff. Clearly like, not our favorite event uh, that they've ever done. What a week. Especially in the wake of their phenomenal E3 yeah. showcase. Hopefully they do a better job next time. Uh, all right. Let's get to the other big reason that John Ryan's here, besides saying hello, catching up. And that's Far Cry 6. You had to play a good bit of this, I did, my yeah. friend. I played, like, uh, five w- hours of that. Yeah, let me throw the... Just turn the floor over to you. I, I want to hear all about this.
2: Oh, man. Uh, okay, so I'm not going to dig too far into, like, kind of setting and story stuff, because, like, it's it's Far Cry, right? Like, there's a big, evil dictator guy in a cool, exotic location. Like, a lot of... Like, those kind of series mainstays are very much back. Um, you know, Giancarlo Esposito was great. Uh, he showed up a couple of times throughout the course of the demo that I was playing, and it was delightful horrifying at the same time um but they're also taking kind of some big swings with like how the sort of back end of gameplay stuff works like all your character progression now is tied to gear and weapons um if you're watching the video version you can see them kind of going through some of it here um a, a lot of some elements return so like they bring back the fangs for hire they're now called amigos um with chorizo the little dachshund um there's an alligator called guapo who i really like uh he just eats stuff and is very handsome he's a good boy um but i think a lucky the, the variant <laughs> exactly yeah i'm i'm very curious to see if we get some dlc horns for him later on <laughs> um but like all of all of the progression stuff is tied to it, it's it's a little bit of not it's not a loot grind but there's a little like kind of taste of that to it Uh, Where, like, Mm -hmm. your skill points. So instead of like Far Cry 3, 4, 5, Primal, New Dawn, Blood Dragon, all of the skills in those games, you would earn XP for doing stuff that you would then unlock in skill trees. Instead, now, like, you level up, sure, but it's instead of giving you points to buy new abilities and perks with, it just gives you access to better gear. uh, And then on that gear, you can equip mods and attachments and, like, tinker with it and those attachments and mods are what give you your sort of classic far cry perks so like uh you'll find like a helmet that gives you better resistance to poison damage or you'll find gloves uh that make you partially like you can instead of being on fire and having to like put it out like you'll automatically put it out without having to do a button prompt um I think the weirdest one I found was a pair of pants that let you, that unlocked the perk from Far Cry 5, where you can just automatically repair your car as you're driving it. Um, And I don't know why pants let me do that, but (laughs) sure. Why not? Yeah. It's my very special (laughs) driving pants that give me a whole extra toolkit and let me reach into the engine. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of sort of, changes to how you manage your character um and a big big focus on crafting and sort of building uh your your preferred loadouts like you because you can like if if in far Cry's past like if i wanted to get say skill number five on this tree and i don't give a crap about skills two and three like i'd still have to buy them but instead now i can just say okay i don't care about reduced movement noise i don't care about enhanced stealth but what i really want is silent like completely silent melee takedowns. So now I can just, like once I meet the requisite level, I can just unlock that skill um, as opposed to having to get all the other ones that used to be prerequisites for it. Um, some of
0: these, okay, so, some of these, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Do So are, do these big changes work for you is the question. Because I'll tell you, I, like as I'm sitting here and I, I'm going to go around to the panel too after you're done, but I, I mean, I know you got to change, you got to evolve, but yeah. this feels like a, like it's you know taken a step in kind of the destiny division direction, and I don't know if I'm looking for that at a Far Cry personally. It, it is to a point. Like by and large,
2: the the sort of overall focal shift away from skill trees works, I think. Good. Um, like because because gear, I never fe- I I never felt in the five hours that I was playing that I was like not acquiring more items like i felt like probably every 15 20 minutes half hour i would find either a new weapon or a new pair of gloves or a new baseball cap that let me have another dog or something (laughs) um there are there is some stuff that i don't that doesn't really work super well for me like i they pull they kept sort of the health bars from far cry new dawn um Mm -hmm. which seemed it's this thing that i we see in ubisoft games a lot where like they're kind of pulling in elements from all of their other franchises yeah. and likewise, you know, elements from Far Cry went to Assassin's Creed and stuff. So it, it all kind of feeds off each other. Um
0: which which but, is uh, in fairness, that's a a criticism a lot of people I think Miranda if I I think it's fair to speak for her, I believe she's brought this up like that a lot of Ubisoft games kind of feel like just different versions of the same game sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I mean I still think that
2: this feels decided that like different enough like I feel like Good. Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, for example, are very similar, like they're very much on similar tracks. Like they're set in the same universe, whatever. Um, But I think from a gameplay perspective, Far Cry is still sort of a far enough cry, get on Tiss, from the rest of Ubisoft's uh, catalog that it can kind of stand on its own. Um, I do think, like, I'm, I'm very much someone who likes headshots to be headshots. Uh, so the health bar is like, they're not as, as bullet spongy as they were in Far Cry New Dawn. Like, I don't know if, mm-hmm. if any of the three of you played that one, but it was like, you would unload three full clips into a guy. And even if he was just like a level or two above yours and he would not fall over, which I thought was infuriating. <laughs> um, but th- it's not the case in that, like there's, it's now they do this thing where you balance uh enemies are weak against certain ammo types and resistant to others so like and that there are still like regular bullets that are sort of your all-purpose ammunition um it's it's fine like and there are some like one-hit kills like melee takedowns are all like automatic now you don't have to unlock the ability to melee take down like a guy in heavy armor anymore thank Um, goodness i know i know right (laughs) You sure that wasn't just your demo I, I promise. Uh, I talked I talked with the designers at length about that one, actually, because, like, I thought it was so interesting that they decided to move this focus to gear and, and like, item crafting and stuff. And one of the things they mentioned was that they also wanted to be sure to Look how many sure reward... this dude's
0: taking. To your point, just the, the footage we were just watching <laughs> yeah. just emptied a clip into that guy, and he still was like, I'm fine. I'm going to keep shooting. Exactly.
2: And so like, that's the thing is, like, when you're not using the right ammo type— uh things can still be a little bit tricky and like I think in that clip I had actually wandered into an area that was a little bit higher above my level but not like Mm -hmm. leaps and bounds by any means um but yeah so it's like you know I I like that they're trying to reward skill now you know like with all like you can just melee take down anybody no matter what now and like you can still unlock upgrades for that like uh the grenade takedowns from far cry th- i think it was far cry 3 that had them where like you stab a guy and then you pull the pin on his grenade and kick him into his buddies or whatever like you can unlock those with perks and mods um oh, but Bobby. like those i know this is chorizo he's he's a very <laughs> good boy um I, I have a i have a real quick question for you
0: jerry yeah yeah please for
3: everything when you're driving around yes yeah, sir i'm talking i'm talking forever <laughs> When you're driving around, do you, do people stop you and you have to murder them repeatedly? Because that was my big criticism <laughs> for the last spark, right? When you're driving on a oh. country road and it's like alert. And then I'm like, all right, I'll murder you. Just get, get out
2: of here. No, but uh, short okay. answer. Yes, with an and <laughs> long answer. No, oh. with a but um, you can actually put your gun away in this one, which I actually really like. Um, it's. Like you now have the option to just walk around and like instead of Far Cry Three, Far Cry Four, Far Cry Five, where if anybody on the opposing force saw you, it was just instantly firefight time. Let's get down to business. Now I can um holster my gun and and like if I see a an enemy car driving down the road, like I can just put my, my gun away and they just like drive past and they're like, keep right on walking. And you do. Or you could pull it out and get into a fight um i did think it was weird that it also works like when you're just driving in a car and because all the vehicles that i have in my like vehicle inventory instead of just being like muscle cars or jeeps now they're like muscle cars with a 50 cal on top or (laughs) jeeps with flamethrower tailpipes (laughs) which like very cool but it seems a little odd that like nobody in in Giancarlo Carlos Esposito's army. I'm forgetting his, his character's name at the moment. Uh, would see and be like, "Hey, we should probably stop this guy." Maybe, <laughs> um, but yeah. By by and large, I think a lot of the sort of tweaks. It's it's a very different Far Cry experience. Like I did find it a little frustrating that I had to go uh, swap out ammo types if I wanted to like take down an outpost in a specific way, and then sort of when far cry far cries and you kind of get into that situation where like oh crap my entire plan went horribly awry my tactic has changed do i have the right ammo for this in my kit but i have to go to a workbench to change it so probably not um so there are moments where it kind of like gets caught up in its own feet a little bit it gets kind of tangled um but i think for the most part it worked and I'm, i'm 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 holding off judgment, obviously, until I can play the full thing.
0: Sure. Um, well, did, I, let me ask you I, this I, as, a, as a final thing before I toss to, to Taylor and Destin to get their thoughts on, on Far Cry. Did you come away from your five hours of hands-on time more excited about Far Cry 6, less excited, or still kind of about where you were heading in? I would definitely say more, honestly. Like, Excellent. to the point where I actually went and
2: <laughs> I had such an itch to start a rebellion in a fictional Central American country that I went and reinstalled Just Cause 4. Uh, last week, so, so yeah, hang, hang I, I'm I'm Go definitely stoked to play more and uh, and you know see more of it because I think a lot of the the world building that they do also um, is really interesting and in how they sort of reflect the sort of nature of like this setting and how they integrate yeah. uh, some of the ideas of like revolutions throughout history across the world. Like it's it's been it's it's interesting and, and it's like it's hopefully going to be very fruitful for them. But we'll see.
0: Taylor, after uh, after hearing all that, you're extra fired up for Far Cry or where are you at with this one? Because this is now one of kind of mentioned earlier, several major first person. It's a big first person shooter fall between uh, Halo Infinite, Far Cry 6, Battlefield 2042 and Call of Duty Vanguard. So is uh, are you will will Far Far Cry make the, the top of your to play pile or will it will it be pushed down a little bit?
1: Uh, well, I was out of those like four or five. I would say Halo Infinite was still on top, but Far Cry was still on the second. Uh, like Jim is still number two on that list. But you know, just hearing that and looking at the gameplay and the bullet sponge thing, I'm getting a little PTSD from the Division and the Vision two. It's not that uh, bad. good game. I want, I want to. It's, it's not sure
2: Really get that across. It is not Division. <laughs> okay. It's not Far Cry New Dawn. Like you can still okay. like shoot a person and they fall down. It's but it's that kind of thing where like you know in in older Far Cries and other first-person shooters that are like "quote unquote" more realistic, the best friend with the angry chicken, notwithstanding, like if you if if you like fire with a submachine gun and it kind of like goes up and hits somebody in the face, they're going to fall down. Like, that's, that's what I mean when I say, like, let headshots be headshots, and this kind of yeah. doesn't do that. Um, okay. Like, if you unload a full clip into somebody, odds are they will fall down, unless you're using, like, <laughs> the entirely wrong kind of ammo. So, like, if you okay. don't want to have to worry about any of that, like, you can still use just, like, regular bullets. Uh, and, like, you, the experience will be a little bit more difficult, but it's not going to be, like, the Division or Far Cry, where it's just, like, pfft, 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 reload. Pfft, reload reload like it's not that
1: bad yeah i mean it when you say it like that it sounds i was like okay this is either going to be really cool or this is going to be really frustrating i I do like the idea that it does offer that type of gameplay just because it encourages you or maybe i should say force i don't know i won't know until i actually play the game but it feels like yeah, like it feels like it's encouraging you to try out different weapons and experiment a little bit. I don't know. I like I really enjoyed Far Cry Five, but I, I found myself using what the same like three weapons the almost the entire playthrough, and I still had fun. But at the same time, too, like if you have all these weapons and all these opportunities, I can kill all these all these enemies with. There should be some type of uh, I guess rule imposed that encourages me to you know test the waters a little bit. Yeah. But no, yeah go ahead. No no. You... Oh, I was just I was just going to say I'm really excited for the amigos because I love Chorizo. I would die for Chorizo. I love that little freedom fighter.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um Teresa was a very good boy. His ability was I was I didn't I don't think I realized what it was before I actually unlocked him in this demo and his is to just be cute. Like he literally like goes up to a group of guards and he's like, That's "Hi, I'm Chorizo. And they all just fawn over him
0: immediately and they cannot pay attention to anything else. <laughs> I, I would be willing to bet money that there was a design meeting at Ubisoft about that, where they're like, they had a whiteboard full of ideas of like, okay, he could do this. He could do this, this, this. And then somebody's like, what? He He's just cute. And they're like, look at him. Yeah, it totally works. <laughs> I
2: love it. They're that. like, oh my God. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Give that person a raise. Destin, where are you at with Far Cry 6 here after hearing these extensive hands-on impressions from JR? Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, no, I'm just, kidding. No, I'm just <laughs> joking. Uh,
3: it looks fine. Giancarlo Esposito already sold me on it, and uh, I saw the chicken clip where the chicken just straight up murders somebody, and I'm like, I have to, I have to play it. Like, oh, it my best friend, fun. chicken
2: pork rind. He, oh, is that the chicken's name? His name is Chicharron. Oh,
3: yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 like the customization. You know, I don't mind looter shooters and stuff like that. So if it's just a little bit of that, I think it'll be it's, okay. It's, it's just, a, yeah. it's
2: like a sous of loot shooting
3: Uh, i'll be honest though jr having to switch my ammo type sounds annoying af uh that does not sound like a fun mechanic
2: so here's here's what i'll say and i think taylor kind of spawned this little nugget in my brain which i think is really interesting in that notion of fostering people trying and experimenting with different weapons and items i think what we are going to see is and this might not be intentional in the design part but like if you wind up in a situation where you realize the two primary weapons that you don't, you have equipped, don't have the ammo you're looking for. You can still swap out your inventory gear. So like I can change guns just from the pause menu. So it's going to kind of force me to say, okay, crap, I never use, you know, SMGs, but that's the only gun that has this kind of ammo right now. Maybe I'll learn like something about these, like maybe I'll find that I actually do really like these weapons in this particular scenario. Um, or I can always, of course, just pull out the like the uh, Resolve Air weapons, which is like the big fancy or kind of kitschy guns, um, which is like the uh, the flame, the homemade flamethrower and like the machine gun that's made out of a motorcycle engine. Um, you can actually see it on screen right now is my personal favorite, which is that big crossbow that shoots rebar <laughs> spikes, uh, which is giving me big Half-Life 2 crossbow vibes. Oh, yeah. It's like you fire it at a guy and it sticks him to a wall and
0: stuff. Um it's good yeah, times. That's my, la- that's my last question, Jr. Is how's the Macarena gun, the gun that shoots? I didn't CDs? get to. I didn't get
2: to play with that one,
0: oh. uh, but I
2: assume because it's the Macarena, very irritating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, um, yeah. No, I'm. I am kind of. I'm looking forward to it. I, with De- uh, as with Destin, I'm kind of annoyed by a couple of the things I'm hearing, but I do. I do like Far Cry a lot and I and I guess one nice thing about the Halo release date being December 8th is that I've got a window, uh, in fact exactly 2 months to play to get through Far Cry, uh, not that I'll be there'll be a million other games too, but I'll have time to play that and then sneak in the Call of Duty Vanguard campaign as well all before yeah before Halo Infinite get out gets out in uh, in December.
2: Yeah, it could be all a right. good year for
0: shooters. Hopefully, it's hopefully going to be a great year. Yeah, I mean, we've there are four just absolute heavy hitters. Yeah, this fall, all converging uh, in a you know what three month window. So if that no, like more like a two month window. So it's going to be it's going to be crazy. All right, let's see here. We've just got a few minutes left. Let me go right to uh, the loot box. This question loot comes box. from yes. If you're not familiar, Jr., this is where a Please, member of the audience. Please, how does it work? Yes, a member of the audience records themselves on video and posts it on Twitter and tags me. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan and simply asks a question of the panel. It's a way for the community, the Unlocked community to be featured on Unlocked each week. So here's Evan from Colorado with this week's Loot Box question.
3: Hey, Unlocked crew. It's uh, Evan out in Colorado. Uh,
0: Big fan of the show. Just figured I'd ask a uh, Loot Box question
3: here. So... Um, if you would ask asked me a year and a half ago, I would have said, absolutely not. I don't think it
2: needs it. But in the last year and a half, my most played games have been Apex Legends and Call of Duty Warzone. So um, it seems to be Battle Royale is the way things are trending. So I wanted to ask, do you think Halo Infinite needs to launch with a Battle Royale mode to stay relevant?
0: Thanks. Well, Taylor, what do you think? Battle Royale, does Halo need it? Or is Halo going to be fine just being Halo?
1: I, I don't know. I am very indifferent towards battle Battle royale modes but you know every time i see a new one getting announced i'm like oh god not another one but to to, in the short answer no i don't think halo needs it you know it's halo it's one of the most notable first person shooters you know that's been ever created i don't think it needs to stay relevant by adding a battle royale mode i think it just needs to have a really good multiplayer aspect that brings a lot of tight gameplay some new things to the table but also have a strong campaign for those who might not want to play the online multiplayer but i think if they can get both of those or even just one of those right it'll be fine
0: Destin, how about you no
1: it's we already fast. talked about this. Like, does, does <laughs> Halo need a battle
3: royale to stay relevant? No. Rainbow Six Siege does not have a battle royale. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of... Valorant doesn't have a battle royale, right? You, not every game needs to do the same thing other people in the industry are doing. I think Halo stands just fine on its own without the mode. I know we talked about the announcer leak and everything, but it's, it's just like an odd thing for me to hear so overwhelmingly from the community. Hey, I want you to get in line and do the same thing other brands are doing. That sounds so boring to me. Uh, Like Halo does its own thing and I hope it continues to do its own thing. And I know it's not a popular opinion that I have, but uh, that's just how I feel about it. Why jump on a bandwagon? Do do what you've done for years.
0: I I get where the community is coming from in the sense that it's been six years since we've had Halo and the, the landscape has changed since then. But I'm also with both of you here that Halo is unique as Halo. It doesn't need a battle royale. It's going to be fine, particularly since it's free to play multiplayer. Uh JR, do you would you like to see 343 take Halo to a the, the biggest scale we've ever seen or are you good <laughs> you good with how I mean, look, Halo is?
2: Does it need it? No. Will it have one? Maybe probably. Um, I think what I think I would like to see if, if it's something that they are going to integrate is that it comes with forge. I think that that would be a really interesting way to launch forge mode when it comes out in six months after launch or whatever, uh, to be like, Hey, this is the kind of thing you can make, or like we're introducing this game mode for you to tweak with our tools. Cause I do think that for like the stuff that players could do that the community could do with that mode as like a, as a foundation for the creative suite. Super cool. Love to see what people do with that.
0: All right. There it is. Thank you very much for, uh, for that loot box question. Evan from Colorado, much appreciated. And again, I could use a fresh batch of loot box questions. So record yourself, tweet it, tweet that video and tag me at DMC underscore Ryan. Now uh, rapid fire here. We literally just have a few minutes left before everybody's got to get onto their next meetings and things. So, Here's an Unlocked block trivia question from Andrew Drewbaca, which is an amazing gamer tag. It's a very, it's uh, very Cohen good. From Milliken, Colorado. Uh, shout out to Colorado representing this week in the in the back end of of unlocked. Which of these all but forgotten original Xbox exclusives was not published by Microsoft? So three of these were first party published. One of them was a third party exclusive. Name the third party exclusive. Was it Azuric? Was it Quantum Redshift? Dungeons and Dragons Heroes, or Taofang Fist of the Lotus. I'm gonna go Taylor's way first today.
1: I'm gonna go with C, Dungeons and Dragons Heroes. You seem confident. Alright, right, I marking
0: do. you down for that. In fact, I gotta get my <laughs> scoring sheet out. Destin?
1: I was gonna I was gonna go
3: C. Um because that's a Wizards of the Coast property, but I don't know if they're a publisher. Anyway, I'll, I'll say C. I'll, that was my initial instinct.
0: Okay. And JR, you're a big D&D fan. Any, uh, I literally got, got a shirt on for it.
2: I 100% know the answer to this question, so I can say <laughs> something or I cannot, so take your pick. Well, <laughs> well, it's, you're, you're fine. we it's guessed.
0: It's oh, you, okay, great. Yeah, it's C. And oh. you are all correct. Good memories from everybody here on your original Xbox trivia. I like yeah, that. That was Atari? Thing. Yeah, D was
3: of the Coast or yeah, is that Tartar?
0: D is D is Watsy, yeah. but I
2: also mm-hmm. I can't remember if the, they had bought
0: them yet. Atari the published these games. Yes. You are yeah. you are all remembering exactly <laughs> correct. So by the way, Destin Destin, you've tied Miranda at, at seven yes. apiece here. I have I, a chance.
2: Seven? I've got
1: one point now. What the <laughs> I heck? I technically the, have JR two, but I don't know if Miranda board, yes. counted mine the last time I was on, so technically I have two. Oh, two. Okay, but, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm marking you down for two.
0: Perfect. Cool. Well, I'm
2: just going to be chilling in last place with a couple of beers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're a great tryer.
0: You'll all just right, have to have me back more. I will. I'll ta- I will I I will. will call your bluff on that. Uh I, mean, I, would, may. I, I want the audience to send in more good Xbox trivia questions. Email them to the email address unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, include four multiple choice answers, and please note which of those four is correct in your email. And we'll play again next week as we uh, march towards, I mean, we're getting towards the end of the year here, slowly but surely. It's it's uh, That trophy presentation is going to be here before we know it. Destin was, uh, he's hes tied the thing up now. So it's going to be a good race to the finish line. And with that, it is time to get out of here. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I want to mention tomorrow, which is, uh, or, or depending on when you're listening to this, is Wednesday, September 1st, 1130 a.m. Pacific. IGN has the exclusive gameplay reveal of the aforementioned Marvel's Midnight Sun. So. If you want to watch live at 11:30 for it to premiere, that'd be great. If you hear this after that, just go to IGN or our YouTube channel to see those uh, to see that gameplay reveal. And with that, uh, I'll throw it to Jr's way. Jr, working our friends out in the unlocked audience, find you. Uh, you can find me
2: on IGN, obviously, that big old Far Cry preview. Go check it out for all my complete thoughts in a much more organized fashion <laughs> than the sort of word vomit I gave you all today. Um, and you can find me on Twitter if you want to talk more about it, at US of JR. Taylor?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nixter, Or, you know, you can find me on IGN.com because I work there, I guess. Or
0: <laughs> Destin, take us home
3: twitter at destin lagary you know i do youtube the destin channel uh nothing pertinent coming up on ign that i can talk about so (laughs) and uh, ign.com
0: so the job goes at times (laughs) for super producer kate along with destin taylor and jr i'm ryan mccaffrey this was unlocked 509 and we'll see you all again next week